the Lutheran worship service or divine service or God's service, as we like to call it, is not fast food. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is. I mean, if you're going to use a food analogy. Which you like food analogies. It, I do, because I, I like food. But I really like a good bacon wrap filet mignon. <laughs> With wine yeah. and vegetables and salads. And, and, a or, little, and a little scoop of bone marrow melted into the <laughs> steak, too. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in all things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance, and that distance is not what's best for us with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Hello, I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell, and I welcome you to Christ in All Things, here today with my co-host, Pastor Jason Schockman. He's the man. Uh, okay. <laughs> This is part two of a three-part series that we're calling Worship Whatnot. Part one was we called the preparation. That's the, about the beginning of the service. The whole purpose of this thing was to help people understand when you come into worship, what you're going to encounter, and why we do what we do. And whatnot. So, Pastor Shockman, do an overview of, the again, the whole Lutheran worship service in a simple, in a simple form as a starting point for us before we then go back and talk about today's topic, which is the service, service of the, of the word. word. So re really there's two foundation pieces to the service of, of, of the, the divine service. Uh, and, and in between them, both at the beginning, at the end, and then in the middle of those two, there are these kind of movement pieces. So uh, confession, absolution, invocation, that, that, uh, that preparation brings us into the service of the word. Um, you've got this, this transition um, that brings us from the, the, the sermon to the, to the service of the sacrament, and there's offering and prayers in there. And, and then we come before the Lord's, the Lord's table the service of the sacrament, uh, and then following the service of the sacrament, uh, following the service of the sacrament, you've got um, the, the 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 singing of the nunc dimittis as we're we're coming out of the Lord's supper, and then we're then we're uh, receiving the benediction and the blessing of the Lord and singing the closing hymn as we're moving away from the table of the Lord and out into our vocations as Christ goes with so us. So you have. So you have two basic foundational structures in the Lutheran worship service, the service of the Word and the service of the sacrament. And in between those things, there are periods of movement. So again, today what we want to talk about is the service of the Word. And so when you come to visit and you come to worship at St. Paul's, that you understand what we're doing and a little bit of why. And of course, this is just an introduction. If you want to understand more deeply, come to worship. Yeah. And come to a class or come have a conversation with the pastor and say, okay, I don't get why we do that. That looks funky. What are you doing there? Yeah, what are you doing there? Yeah. 
whether you come from no Christian background at all or whether you come from another tradition, and this all seems a little different. Or even if you come from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod background and just don't know. And there you have it. I'll take all comers, right? Okay. Everybody that's got a question, I like questions. He like questions. Where did this accent come from all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. You and a lack of sleep is maybe not the best time to do an interview. <laughs> so in the in the his, the, what, what is commonly called the historic liturgy or order of service of the church, in the time before there were watches and clocks, yeah. there, there was a general time when people would gather. And so... That, that period, as people of general time, there would be usually music, and depending on how big the area was, but they would sing psalms or hymns, and that would be a time where there would be, people would gather. And then at some point, the time would come, and the clergy would say, all right, let's go. And that would be the entrance of the cross or the entrance of candles, and they would walk through the crowd, and then off they would go. The remnants of that in our service are what's called the introit, which means entrance, or a psalm, or simply an entrance entrance hymn. And after that, in the historic service, we say something very simple, but very profound. Oh, huge. Uh, the, the phrase is simply, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, uh, Lord have mercy. And, and sometimes uh, it's a little fuller than that, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's pretty pared down. Uh, o Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. And that's called the Kyrie, which is Latin for... Actually, Greek. It, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Kyr, Kyrios. Wow. Maybe I'm having enough sleep, right? Uh, which is... Kyrie means Lord, have mercy. Yeah, yeah. So Kyrie means Lord, right? Lord, have mercy. So again, then there's this basic rhythm to worship. Yeah. Which is... God gives, we, we receive from God as he fills us, and then we respond and we give back to him what he's first given us, and then we give to one another that which we have first received. Right. And when you understand that basic rhythm, then in many respects, everything we do makes sense. Because there's this back and forth going on all the time. And if, if you come to a, a church like ours from a, a tradition that is more American evangelical in orientation, non-denominational and stuff, where, you know, usually what, there, there is an order to that service. And, you know, there's a bunch of music to get you in, and then the music kind of calms down, right, to get you, to get you settled. And, and, and then there's, you know, then there's often a prayer of, you know, to get everybody ready, and then and then they try and rev the music up a little bit, and it gets revved up, and until you know, and you get everybody revved up, and then the teaching pastor comes out, and then the teaching pastor comes out, and you have what in our circles we would we would regard as really kind of a an elongated Bible study. Yeah. So, but a, you know, a longer a longer teaching, and then you have you know a prayer. And then winding down music and an offering somewhere in there, and then you're off. Um, it's sometimes a really big, a, a really big like get you sent out with a lot of energy music. Yeah. At so the, at the very end. So there is an order to yeah. the to that type of service, yeah. just as there there's an order to almost anything. And you talked about this in a previous podcast about how when you we go to a sporting event, 
Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of order. And if it, you know, if somebody doesn't sing the national anthem at a sporting event, people have a conniption fit. Or if if you don't if you don't do the seventh inning stretch, if you don't do Holy this or cow. this or that, you know, if yeah. if if you know Bob doesn't puke in section B after you know in the halftime of the Packers game, you think something's wrong. If Bob Euchre doesn't say just a bit outside, <laughs> then we then we're missing something. So there, there's an order all over the place. So yeah. what we simply have is here is an order that's a lot of back and forth. So we've talked about the entrance. That's what's called the intro it or the psalm or the hymn and the Kyrie. And then next we have a thing called the hymn of praise. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, the title's really self-explanatory. It's a hymn, which is a song that we sing together, which teaches the faith, which is often, and as, as our hymn of praise is, steeped in the word of God so that it might bring along with it the peace of Christ, which dwells richly in us. By the way, so when you come, yeah, I would encourage you to open up your hymnal. Oh, yeah. Because... Well, if you come to one of the, our service at 5 or our service at 8 o'clock in the morning, we use the hymnal. The, at the 10.30 service, we tend to print it, at least at present. So it doesn't have all the scripture references. But if you come at 5 or you come at 8 and you open up and you follow the service, you'll see the scripture references are all over the place. In many respects, what we're, the whole service is a back and forth with God's Word. Because we first received what He's given us, and now we give it back. So in this hymn of praise, we are uh, declaring what God has told us about himself, right? That uh, he is a triune God, that he is the creator, that he is the one who has come to redeem us, that he by his spirit continues to work through his word to keep us in faith, uh, or some variation of those things. Uh, But typically the hymn of praise is... um, it is our confession of who God is and what he is worthy of based on what he's revealed in himself and in the person and work of there, Christ. There's kind of a standard hymn of praise that we use that combines Luke chapter 2, uh, which is glory be to God on high. So this is part of the, the birth narrative of Jesus. Yeah, part and of the we, angel's song. Part of the angel's song. So the arrival of Jesus. And this is, right. this is a huge deal. It is. We, so we sing the angel, part of the angel's song at the arrival of Jesus, and we combine that with the words of John the Baptist after Jesus' baptism, when he sees Jesus coming, and John the Baptist looks at Jesus, and he says, look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And that's, that is an, a, an, a statement that draws upon all kinds of Old Testament stuff. We should probably just do a whole thing on the Lamb of God uh, in, yeah. in the future. So, so we, are, we are, in a sense, we use the language of the angels to announce the arrival of Jesus, that we're getting ready to hear the Word of God. Yeah. A- and we acknowledge by saying the Lamb of God, we acknowledge who that Word is and what His purpose is. And what He gives us. He has come to save us, yeah, to forgive us. That's Hosanna, you know, all that. So, the, and that, and that, of course, comes up a little bit later. Right. So, Pastor Shackman, the, the next thing is that you'll you'll see, and for those of you again, if you come from a different tradition, this this may seem a little weird. We do this thing called the salutation, yeah, and and then the collect. 
I'll let you do it because I'm likely to get on my soapbox here, but you know my soapbox. I do. With the salutation. I do. Tell us, tell, so tell us what the salutation is and why it's important. Well, so <laughs> the, the salutation is a, a greeting, but it's more than just a hello, right? It is. It's not the way the church says howdy. It, no. Neither is neither is the passing of the peace, but that's that's a that's my soapbox. Okay, uh, when we get there, you know, danger, Will Robinson. Uh, so the 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 Lord be with you is a a pastoral greeting given to those whom that pastor has been charged to be the spiritual under shepherd or the sheep dog called to serve. Yeah called to serve. And so it is it is it is in many ways a very specific greeting uh, as a, a pastor called by the church uh, into an office instituted by Christ for the sel- for the spiritual well-being and salvation of people. And again, this is probably a whole nother oh man podcast. Uh, I've, I just realized by the way that I just used like four different jargon things that are like freight trains uh, and truckloads of theological weight that that I just ran over and then as after as, as soon as you said this is probably a whole other episode I went oh man yeah I can't explain all that in 5 minutes there's no ivory soap analogy for that um so l- let me simplify right a pastor called by the church says to the people the same things uh, that that the angels say, right? The Lord be with you. And, and the people marvelously respond and also with you, historically, and with, uh, a, and and with, with thy, thy spirit. spirit, which isn't just, uh, oh yeah, you too, pops. Right? No, this is this is the people of God acknowledging that you, you not you, human flesh and blood, but you stand in an office that is by the work of God through the Spirit of God, given to the church for the proclamation of. So we do this weekend and specific week out. things. And again, we don't want to spend all our time here, but could. <laughs> but but but. See, we, we Lutherans, if you come from a different Christian tradition, especially one of the more Americanized evangelical traditions, theologically the pastor in those traditions is really tends to be more of the most the most gifted among the men, so or among the people among the people. Yeah, and it's just somebody that well, he's, he's particularly yeah. good at this, and so let's have him do it. We we Lutherans believe, and this is. Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession, that that in order that people may hear the gospel, God has established an office of preaching and teaching the faith that we call the office of the holy ministry. So without spending more time here, but we acknowledge that pastor and people, the pastor says, the Lord be with you, and the people respond with, and also with you, or and, and with, with thy spirit. spirit. And that is that is a reaffirmation every time we do it of of a pastor's ordination, the relationship between a pastor and people, the call to serve, and and so forth. Then from then from there, we go into the readings. Yeah, and there is well, well, hang yeah, on. Yeah, we do salutation 
and then collect of the day. Oh, yes. Which is, which is an important thing. We can't just jump over, yeah, right? Thank you. So there's that reaffirmation of ordination in the collect of the, or in the salutation. And immediately the pastor turns and prays on behalf of, on the, behalf of the entire congregation. A, a, a specific prayer that is called a collect because yeah. it gathers together, it or it collects. attempts to, it yeah. collects, it gathers together the, all of the thoughts of everything of that day. For that day. Yeah. Including the Old Testament reading, the epistle reading, the gospel reading. Maybe even the sermon has been crafted by the preacher to reflect what the collect of the day says. Uh, if a guy is worth his salt, that's usually something that he looks at mm-hmm. before he writes a sermon. So then we get uh, old. We get readings. Old Testament reading, uh, every now and then a psalm in between the Old Testament and the epistle. Now the epistles are letters that the New Testament writers primarily Paul, but Peter wrote a couple and John wrote a couple, um, delivered to either congregations or other pastors to teach the faith. And we acknowledge all these as New Testament, that these are the sacred, word. Yeah. The, the Word, the of, word, the of, word God. of Word of God. So there is an ascending order here, yeah. in a sense, because we're leading towards. So there's a reading from the Old Testament. Yeah, we're driving towards something, aren't we? Um, there is often a psalm, a word, you know, a psalm that also prepares for the epistle and everything. So the epistle is, that's simply a fancy word that means letter. Yeah. So there's a reading from one of the letters of Paul or John or Peter. And, 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 and then. And then, then, then you'll notice in our posture, something significant is happening. Yeah. We, we stand up. We stand up. We, we stand up and we sing. And we sing. And we sing, praise the Lord. Which is we say uh, Alleluia. That's Hebrew for praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So we sing this Alleluia as we as we uh, prepare to receive the gospel, and then we read the words of Christ, which is the gospel. The gospel reading. reading. So so as, so as in Judaism before Christianity, there was priority given to some reading from the first five books, the Torah. Mm-hmm. So. After the coming of Christ in the life of the church, priority is given to the reading of the gospel. The gospel. I, I think we could even make the argument that the reading of the gospel in, within the context of the service of the word is the high point. Of the service of the word. Yeah, of, ju- of, that, of that foundational piece of the yep. whole divine service. Indeed. Right? Of the service of the word. And, and everything from... The cure, the sorry, the intro, intro it to the curie all the way down, is really driving us toward hearing Christ speak to us. So if you come from again, if you come from a different tradition, this can be annoying. You stand up, you sit down. Mm-hmm. You're Lutherans, you stand up, you stand up, you sit down. Yeah, stand up, sit but, down, fight, fight, fight. But but if you're at an if you're at a major public event and everybody's sitting, and the president of the United States walks in the room. Everybody you, stands up. You stand. Or if you're and, somewhere else. And yeah. there's music. And and there's music. He's got a theme song. He does, right? Yeah. yeah. Hail to the chief. He's yeah. the chief. He so, needs hailing. But it also happens in other more common areas where somebody important enters. Yeah. People stand. This is what we're doing. We're about to read the words of Jesus, uh, the the recorded words of Jesus. And so we're going to we, show respect. And so we respect and honor and we stand. Isn't it interesting that this is how men used to respect women? By rising? Yeah. And now? <laughs> By, 
Good luck even pulling on her chair, let alone getting out of your own. Yeah. So, well, there's something to be learned there. Right. Men. Yeah. Maybe it's time to recover. Chivalry. Chivalry. Yeah. Honor. Yeah. Good and word so for forth. it. Yeah, and so on. So so coming coming out of that high point, right, There, there isn't really a letdown, but we move into then confessing what we've received through this service of the word. We confess the creed, whether it's the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed, which is often called a baptismal creed, or the Athanasian Creed, which is super long, but about the cleanest definition of the Trinity that I've found. And then we go... And, a cre- and a, before you go on, yeah. so a creed creed comes from the Latin word credo, it, which means I believe. I believe. A creed is simply a short summary of the faith. So... We just to, to repeat where we got where we, we come in with some entrance music or a psalm, then we say, Lord, have mercy. We respond to God by 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 singing a hymn of praise. We have the, the salutation, the pastoral greeting, and the response, and then the pastor prays, the collect of the day. Then we read the Old Testament, we may have another psalm, and then we read the epistle reading or a letter or, one, or from one of the letters. And then we stand. We say, praise the Lord. Alleluia. Then the high point of the service of the word, we read the gospel uh, from a gospel reading, the words of Jesus. Then we confess our faith in summary. And next, Pastor Shockman's one of his favorite things. We sing. We sing. We, we sing together. We sing of the peace that Christ gives us. We sing to teach the faith to one another. We sing to remind one another of what it is that we're called to in this gospel. We sing this thing called the typically hymn called of the, day. the hymn of the day. The hymn of the day. Which yeah. is again often a hymn that is chosen based on the Old Testament, the Psalm, the Epistle, and the Gospel to confess or to teach or to reflect the same themes that we found in those readings. We'll do more talk about this in the future. But very briefly the, the hymn of the hymn of the day is is both a, a response to God's word, but it also is a means by which the faith is taught. Yeah, and and so you know when you when you put music underneath the word of God, it embeds in the soul in a way that most typically the simple spoken word doesn't, doesn't and can't. Yeah. So there is something about so a good hymn. Is we're not, you know that hymn of the day is typically not going to be just happy fluff. It's going to have some meat to it. It's going to confess the faith. I don't think any of our hymns are happy fluff. Oh, of course they are. Some of some of them are fluff. okay. Some of them are some fluffy. of them are right. uh, okay. Okay. Again, this moving th- right along. This this is well I, again <laughs> we're we're talking in detail about what we do and in, in yeah, the service of the word, but yeah. it, it is it is worth it is worth noting. The Lutheran worship service, or divine service, or God's service, as we like to call it, is not fast food. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is. I mean, if you're going to use a food analogy... Which you like food analogies. It, I do, because I, I like food. Um, but, you know, and I, and I like, I like, you know, I like a good burger. Yeah. But... But I really like a good bacon wrap filet mignon. <laughs> right? With wine yeah. and... Vegetables and salads, and, and a little and a little scoop of bone marrow melted into the <laughs> steak too. Yeah. So, the the, the Lutheran divine service is intended to deliver to you not easy fare, but some but rich food 
that is good for you and that that leads you to confess your sins and receive the forgiveness of God. And that's what we're getting then towards. So having heard the gospel, having confessed the faith, having sung the hymn of the day, then we... Then we hear the sermon. Then we hear the sermon. Right? Then the, the guy that, that God has created an office for... Well, say that. Let me say that differently. Yeah. Three, two, one. That, then the guy... Uh, whom the church has called, but because of the work of, of God in the midst of her, to stand and deliver the forgiveness of sins, stands in the pulpit and delivers to the people the word of God. So he does, he, he reflects on the text, he teaches the faith. The whole purpose of a, of a Lutheran sermon is, is to deliver to you the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Like everything else. The primary purpose of it, you know, we, it'll teach the faith, and, and as a result of that forgiveness, it'll, it'll have some help for you in how to live. But the primary purpose, as with everything, because the central teaching of the Christian faith is not what you do for God, it's what God does for you. Yeah. The central purpose of a sermon is to deliver to you the forgiveness of sins, to call you to repentance, and to deliver God's forgiveness to you. Or as one of my profs said, to kill you. And then make you alive. <laughs> to kill and make alive. Yeah. My, um, I, I, I will never forget in my homiletics class, homiletics is the, is the practice of preaching. Yeah, it's the big fancy word for fancy stand up word. and talk God's word. My, my homiletics professor, uh, Dr. Daniel Gard, I remember him. He said, gentlemen, this is when you're in seminary, pastor school. He said, gentlemen, if Christ is not raised from the dead in your sermon, you fail. And I love it. You yeah. Know? So, right, if, if, yeah. so if Jesus isn't for you, if, if the person in work, if the cross and the empty tomb, if the ascension and the, re the resurrection and the ascension, if Jesus isn't for you, then what are you doing? After the sermon, then, or sometimes before, but typically after, we, Gather, gather an offering. We gather an offering. Yeah. Very briefly, a little bit about the offering. And, and when we gather the offering, we sing Psalm 51 as we bring it up. Or some variation, or some of, variation of it. You know, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Here, here I am, Lord. I'm putting, I'm putting a representation of me or, or a piece of me in the offering and bringing it before you, and I'm worthy of nothing. I'm, I'm giving you what I am, and it's broken, and it's incomplete, and you, Lord, you take it, and you make it whole. So the offer the offering represents as you often say a very tangible physical response to the gospel of worship to the gospel. Yeah. So well that and that that's yeah. that's what I say at St Paul's is uh, God bless this your physical and spiritual act of worship. So we we give an offering we uh, we say we sing an offering song an offertory yeah. and and then as we conclude the service of the word we pray. We pray. And the pastor will lead, will do that prayer. Sometimes it's just a longer prayer, but often it's responsive. And again, if you don't come from a tradition, but I lo I love it because it keeps you it keeps you active. Yeah, and and that's all. As we come then out of the service of the word, we're moving toward. In those prayers, we're moving toward the service of the sacrament, and the prayers typically reflect that. Yeah. So, thus we've done. This has been Worship Whatnot Part 2. We did uh, Worship Whatnot Part 1, which was the preparation. 
This is Worship What Not Part 2. The service of the Word. The service of the Word. And coming next to a podcast near you <laughs> is Worship What Not Part 3, The Service of the Sacrament. Thanks for being with us, and God bless you. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping <laughs> and a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. <laughs> Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.